Shalom to all. Today's daf is Erevin daf Memhe. We're starting nine lines from the top at the two dots. Today's daf is sponsored by Schos Yehudis Baz Gilton Naomi. She should have incredible atzlacha in everything she does in life. Now the Mishnah had said, We spoke of two reasons why a person is allowed to leave the Tchum. The first was called Roshos. This was either to go give testimony regarding the new moon, a midwife to help a birth, or to save someone from a river or enemies. The second was simply called Lahatil, to save. On the second category, the Mishnah had said that one may go back to their original place after they went out Lahatil. And now the Gemara asks, Vafilu Tuva, does that mean he's allowed to go back into his old Chum even if he's walking a lot, meaning more than 4,000 Amas? We had spoke about overlapping Chumin. It seems from here that it's permitted for him to walk back into his old Chum even though his new Chum does not overlap the old one. And the Gemara continues, V'ha'amrit Reisha, we had said in the first part of the Mishnah, Al-Payim Amavisulai, he's only allowed to walk 2,000 Amas, that's his new Chum, and he's not allowed to walk any more than that if the two Chumin are not overlapping each other. So the Gemara answers, they're allowed to walk throughout their tchum with their weapons on them. This is not talking about walking back into their old tchum, even though they're very far out of it. They're still within their old tchum, but the chiddush over here is that they're allowed to walk in with their weapons, and they don't have to leave their weapons where they are. The Gemara says, Umay kosha, what was your problem in the first place? It's very possible that they are allowed to walk all the way back into their old tchum, even though they're very far out of it. Dom shani, perhaps when they go on a rescue mission, that's different, and they're allowed to walk more than 4,000 amas to get back into the old tchum. The Gemara says, Eli kasha, but if you're going to have a problem with the Mishnah, kasha, this is what the problem is going to be. Did not we have a different Mishnah that says, Barishayna originally, this is when people used to go give Edus on Kedesh HaChodesh on Shabbos, they had seen the new moon, so they're allowed to leave their Tchum, and then they found themselves way out of their Tchum after they gave Edus. They were not allowed to leave that area, the courtyard that they were in, the entire day of Shabbos. So his can Rabbi Gamliel HaZok and Rabbi Gamliel HaZok can establish that they're allowed 2,000 Amas in every direction. It's not only these people that got this Hetar of 2,000 Amas, even a midwife that's coming to help a woman give birth, Guys, someone who's coming to rescue someone from attackers, from a river, from a collapsed building, from a fire, they're like the people of the city, and they get 2,000 amas in every direction. And on this Mishnah, it was asked, that's all they get. Anyone that leaves to go rescue someone, they're allowed to go all the way back into their place, even if they're walking way more than 4,000 amas, meaning we don't have any overlapping tchumen over here, nonetheless allowed to go back into the original tchum. So here we technically have an issue because we had said you only get 2,000 amas, whereas this mission is saying that you get more than that. So on that, it doesn't mean that they're allowed to walk more than 4,000 amas. It means that they're allowed to go back with their weapons and they don't have to leave their weapons where they are. Kedotani, we have a bracelet just like this. Barishayin originally, they would deposit their weapons in this house right next to the wall of the city and they would not walk back into the city with their weapons because they already fulfilled their mission. And one time the enemy realized that they didn't have their weapons with them. And they chased after them. And they went inside this house to go get their weapons. And the enemies chased after them into this house. They pushed each other. And they killed each other. More than the enemy killed of them. And at that time, they're allowed to walk back into their tchum with their weapons on them and they don't have to deposit them near the wall of the city. Rav Nachman Yitzchak, he says, like Kasha, we don't have a steer between these two cases. One is talking about where the Jews were victorious over their enemies, over their attackers. So therefore, there's no reason for them to leave this new 2,000 Amas that they were given. Whereas, in the case where they're allowed to walk way more than 2,000 Amas, they're allowed to walk back inside their old home, even though it's really far away. That's when the Gentiles were victorious over them. So therefore, they're allowed to go all the way back inside 
their tchum to protect themselves. And the Gemara continues, Amrav Yehuda Amrav, Nachum Shetor al Yaris Yisrael, Gentiles that laid siege to a Jewish city. They're not allowed to go out with all their weapons or to be Mechal Shabbos because of this. And Tainami Hachi, Nachum Shetor, we have another Brasa just like this. But Medram Rum, when was it said that they're not allowed to be Mechal Shabbos or take their weapons out to wage war against the Gentiles? That's Kshibal Iski Mammon. That's only if they came to pillage and plunder and rob, they just want to steal money. Avobal Iski Nefashis, but if they came with murderous intent, they want to cause physical harm to the Jews of the city, they're allowed to go out with their weapons, and they're allowed to be Mechal Shabbos. And we're dealing with a city that's a border city, even if the Gentiles did not come with murderous intent. They just simply want to steal some straw. They're allowed to go out with their weapons and be Mechal Shabbos, because if the Gentiles decide to overtake the city, that is a very advantageous thing for the Gentiles. Now they have access to all the other Jewish cities, and we have to prevent that from happening. This is a border city, and it's a very important city to protect. And Amar Vyesa Brahman Yumi, Amar Vanachman, Ubavel, Ki'iras Muchla Sapardamia. Bavel itself is like a city that's right next to the border. Vitruguma, we explain. What does that mean? Naharda. The city of Narda in Bavel is like a border city. All the Jewish Yishuvim and settlements were behind Narda, and therefore was a very key city, so we have to make sure that none of the Gentiles overtake Narda at all. And the Gemara continues, Darshab Dustait Min Biri, Hidarshin, Maidachsev, what's Pran the Pasuk? Vagidul David Lamar. They told David saying, Hine Plishtim Lachaman Bekila, the Plishtim are waging war in Kiila, Vehema Shaisimas Agranas, and they're pillaging the granaries. Tana was taught, Kiila Yeras Mukhla Sapar Haisa. Kila was a city that was right next to the border. And they only came to steal Tevin and Kash. They were pillaging the granaries. And it still says, And David asked Hashem, saying, Should I go and smite these Plishtim? And Hashem said to David, Go and wage war against the Plishtim, and save Kila. Now, my coming by what exactly was David Melch asking? If he was asking if it's permitted or not permitted, there was the Bezdin of Shmuel that was there. He could have asked the Bezdin. Ella, what was he asking Hashem? Will he be successful or not? And it says, Hashem's answer was, Go and wage war against the Plishtim, and you will save Keilah, meaning you'll be successful. We see from here that you're allowed to wage war on Shabbos, even if their purported intent is just to take some grain. Nonetheless, since it's a border city, we have to protect it at all costs, even if that means being Mechal Shabbos. And now the Mishnah talks about a person who's traveling along the way, and then he decides to rest a little bit. This person sits down to rest a little bit, and then it becomes dark. The Amad, and he stands up after dark, and it's already Shabbos. The and he sees that he's right near the city. Since he never had intent to be kind of Shvisa within the city, he's not allowed to walk into the city. He's allowed to walk 2,000 Amas from where he is, and if that lands him into the city, that's okay, but he's not allowed to walk around the city freely because it's not like he was kind of his Shvisa within the city. That's our mayor's opinion. Rabbi Hudaimer, he says, Yukonis, he's allowed to walk into the city and walk around the entire city like everyone else because it's considered like he was Kanish Visa in the city because obviously that's where he would have wanted to be Kanish Visa had he known he was in such close proximity to the city. On Rabbi Huda, my Sohaya, there's a story of Nichols Reb Tarfin, Blemis Chavin. Reb Tarfin walked into the city. He did not have intent to be Kanish Visa because he didn't know he was near the city. And nonetheless, since he discovered on Shabbos that he was right next to the city, it's considered like he was Kanish Visa there because he would have wanted to had he known he was. 
so close. And the Gemara says, Tanya, we have a Bryce on Rabbi Huda, Maizah Rabbi Tarfin, there was a story with Rabbi Tarfin, Shai Malach, but there he was going along the way. Vachashcholai, and it got dark, it was already Shabbos. Vulon Chotzlair, and he slept outside the city. Lashachras in the morning, he woke up. Mitzau Rahi Bakr, cattle herders found him. Amrulai, they told him, Rabbi, Harayir Lafanecha, the city's right in front of you. Hikanes, go inside. Nichnas, he went inside the city of Yashav Vesa Medrash, and he sat in the Vesa Medrash. Vidarsh Kaliyam Kulai, and he darshan the whole day. So you see very clearly that even though he didn't have intent to be Kanishvisa there, because he didn't know that it was there, he nonetheless considered like he was Kanishvisa in the city because he would have wanted to had he known he was so close to the sea, and therefore he walked freely throughout the entire city. Amrulai, they told him, Yisham Raya, that's not a proof. Shem Belibai Haisa, perhaps he did know he was close to the city. Perhaps the base Magish was very close to where he was, so even though it was inside the city, it was still within his 2,000 Amis, so you have no proof from that case. And this mission continues discussing unintentional Shvisa. Someone that was walking along the way, and he laid down to go to sleep. And he didn't know that it got dark, and it was ready Shabbos now. He gets 2,000 Amis in every direction. That's what Rabbi Yechem Nuri says, even though he didn't have intent to be Shvisa in this place, because he took too long of a nap, and now it was already Shabbos, nonetheless, he still gets 2,000 Amis. They say, since he was never officially Shvisa, he only has four Amis. And Rabbi Lazar Aimer, he says, this four Amis that we're speaking about, he's limited, he's placed right in the middle of them, meaning he's only able to walk two Amis in each direction. Rabbi Huda, I mean, Rabbi Huda says, no, whichever direction he wants to go, he can go, meaning he could pick, I want to go right in front of me, four Amis. So he's allowed to walk from where he is, four Amis ahead. But Umayyad Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda does agree, she in Berulai, that once he chooses a direction that he'd like to walk in, Shein Yachalach Zerubai, he's not able to retract and say, no, 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 I want to go the other direction. Once he's chosen, he has to go that direction for Amis and no more. And now the Mishnah continues, Hayushnaim, let's say there's two people, Mixus Hamais of Shalzeh, Busei Hamais of Shalzeh, each one's Choma for Amis overlaps each other. Like a Venn diagram, we have two concentric overlapping circles, so they have two Amis of their Chum that are shared. So Mevim Vaychum Amtsa, they could bring their food and they could sit and eat together in the middle of this shared area. As long as this person doesn't take something from within his tchum and place it into his friend's tchum, because that would be usher, because then he's taking his things out of his tchum, and we know that the same way a person is limited to his tchum, a person's possessions are also limited to his tchum. Let's say there were three people, and the middle one's tchum, is swallowed up, meaning is shared by the other ones. Now we have three concentric circles, one, two, three. We can kind of imagine we have Rashi, and then the Gemara, and then Taisvis, and let's say that's three people's tchum in, and then each one is overlapping a little bit. So the outer people are able to share the inner person's tchum. The middle person is allowed to eat with the outer people. They're allowed to eat with him. But the two outer people, they're not allowed to interact with each other because their tchumim don't overlap. And the Mishnah continues, What's this comparable to? We have three chatseris that are each open one into another. So there's a wall in between chatser one and two, and then a wall in between chatser two and three, and there's an opening in each of those walls. So there's access from one chatser to the next. And each chatser individually is open to the Rishasarabim. If the two outer chatseris made an air of chatseris with the middle one, so anyone living in the middle chatser is permitted to deal with anyone in the outer chatseris. They're allowed to deal with him. And the two outer chatseris, they're not allowed to care from one to another because they didn't make an Erev with each other. Now the Gemara starts out with Rabbi Yechemenur's Shita and our Mishnah that even though a person fell asleep before Shabbos, he woke up on Shabbos, he never had intent to be kind of Shvisa. Nonetheless, he still gets 2,000 Amas. And the Gemara says, What does Rabbi Yechemenur hold? Does he hold that ownerless objects, they also have a Trum and they're limited to 2,000 Amas from where they are? And just like ownerless 
objects have a tchum, so too a person who's sleeping, he'll get a tchum. And who bedin who deliflik bekelim, and really Rabbi Yechemnur and the Chachamim, they should argue even regards to kelim, in regards to ownerless objects. And the fact that they argue about a person, and that's just trying to teach us the power of their abundance sheet. Even though you technically could say, if this person was awake, he would be Kanishvisa, so Yashanami Kana, even if he's sleeping, he should also be Kanishvisa, Kamash Malandalai, the Chiddush is that he still wouldn't get it. And that's the only reason why we mention a person. It's just an added Chiddush in the Chachamim's Chilmra. Perhaps Rabbi Yechemunuri holds that ownerless objects are not Kanishvisa, and they do not have a 2000 Amal limit. And over here, the reason why the sleeping person is Kanishvisa, Hail Veneer, since if he was awake, Kana, he would be Kanishvisa, so Yashanami Kana, now that he's sleeping, he's also going to be Kanishvisa. And I'm Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef says, Tashma, I'll bring you a proof. If rain fell on Erev Yontif, that rain is limited. It's only allowed to be brought 2,000 Amas in every direction. Whereas we continue, Beyontif, it fell on Yontif, it's like the feet of the person that gets that rain. And the same way that that person has some sort of Tchum, so that water has the same Tchum as the person that gets it. So, if you're going to say, that he holds Chetzei Hefker Kainim Shvisa, then an ownerless object has a 2,000 Amma limit. So, Hamani, who would this Brasa be like Rabbi Yechon? He would be like Rabbi Yechon This rain is ownerless. Nonetheless, it has a 2,000 Amma limit. Eli Amr Chetzei Hefker Ein Kainim Shvisa. But if you're going to say that Rabbi Yechon holds that an ownerless object does not have a limit to where it's allowed to be brought to, Hamani, who's this Brasa like? Lay Rabbi Yechonan, Valay Rabbanan. It's not Rabbi Yechon or the Rabbanan. So, it must be that Rabbi Yechon holds a Chetzei Hefker, our Kainim Shvisa, and that's the explanation of why a sleeping person is also kind of shvisa. And now the Gemara says, Yasva Abai Vikamr Lala Hashmaita Abai was sitting down and teaching over this teaching. Amr Lerav Safra Abai Rav Safra Teldo Abai. Vidilma perhaps, Begisham Masmucham Liraskinon. We're talking about rain that was falling near the city. Vanche Oiso Ir Daitamalayu. And the people of the city had their das. They knew that they wanted to get this rain, and therefore it's not considered ownerless, and that's why it has a tchum limit. Whereas completely ownerless objects, perhaps, they do not have a tchum limit. Amr Lay, Abai told him, Don't think that. Didn't we have a Mishnah? Barshal Yachid, Kiragal Yachid. The water that's inside the pit belonging to a private person, so the water inside the pit is limited to where that person is allowed to go. Bishal Isayir, where if it's a public watering hole, Kiragal Isayir, so then that water is allowed to be brought to where anyone in the city is allowed to walk to. Bishal Ayle Bavel, and the wells that were dug for the people coming up from Bavel, Kiragal Hamamale, that water is allowed to be brought to whichever place the person who took it is allowed to go. Natanyan, we have another Brisa, Barshal Shvatim. This is the same thing as the bar of Ayle Bavel. This is a public well that was dug for people. That want to take water from it. This water is limited to going 2,000 amas in every direction from the well. So now the Gemara says, Kashin Adadi, these brises are steer on each other. First, we said that the well of Oile Bavil is Karagli Hamamale. Whoever fills it up, that water is allowed to go with that person wherever he's allowed to go. And the second brise says that this water is limited to going 2,000 amas from the well itself. must be The second brise that limits this water to going 2,000 amas from where it is, that says that ownerless objects do have a limit on Shabbos, they are kind of Shvisa. Whereas the first Brisa that says that whoever fills up this water from the well, he's allowed to take it to wherever he's going, that's Rabbanan because this water was never kind of Shvisa. And the Gemara continues proving this, Kiosla commander of Yosef, when Abai came to Rav Yosef, Amrle, he told him, Hachikamar of Safra, this is what Rav Safra said, and this is what I responded to him. Amrle, Rav Yosef said to him, Why don't you tell it him from the Brisa itself? You could have proven your point from the Brisa itself without quoting a second Brisa in a different Mishnah. Now, the Brisa this is referring to is the one we had originally mentioned that if 
rain had fallen near a city before Yontif, so that rain has acquired a Tchum. And how exactly can we prove it from the Brass itself? you're going to think, that we're talking about rain that fell near a city, and it has a Tchum because the people of the city want to use it, so hi, Yeshlehem Alpayim L'Choruach. The Brisa had said that they have 2,000 Amis in every direction. It should have said that the water is like the feet of the people of the city, meaning the water is allowed to go wherever the people in the city are allowed to go. Because if you're going to say, like Rav Safra had wanted to suggest, that the only reason why that water has a Tchum is because the people of the city want to use it, so we shouldn't have used the Lashon of Yeshlahen Alpayim Amal Choruach, that the water is limited to 2,000 Amis in every direction, should have just said that the water is limited to where the people of the city are allowed to go. From the fact that we single out the water and we say the water has 2,000 Amis in every direction, it must mean that ownerless objects, such as this water that fell before Yantif, has their own Tchum, and that's like Rabbi Yechem and Nuri. And now the Gemara continues explaining this brass that we mentioned, Amar Mar Biyantif, if the rain falls on Yantif, Harin Karagli Kal Adam, it's like the feet of everyone, meaning it doesn't have a Tchum and it's allowed to go where the person is allowed to go. The Gemara asks about Mai, it shouldn't be considered like it doesn't have a Tchum at all, it should actually be limited to going no more than four Amis, because Likni Shvisa Bokianus, let's say that it was Kunitz Shvisa in the ocean and Lamed like Rabbi Lezer. So let's say this is not like Rabbi Lezer, Dik Rabbi Lezer, if it was like Rabbi Lezer, Ha'amar, he says, Kala Elam Kula the entire world drinks from the ocean, meaning water evaporates from the ocean, it goes into the clouds, and then it rains somewhere. And from the fact that we're saying that this water was never kind of shvisa, it must be that we do not hold like Rabbi Lazar, because if we did, that means that it would have been kind of shvisa in the ocean, and that it wouldn't be allowed to be brought more than four amis from where it fell. So the Gemara says, Amar Yitzhak, Yitzhak answers that really we could be going like Rabbi Lazar, but Hach over here, we're talking about clouds that already gathered before Yantef, so we know it already evaporated from the ocean before Yantef, therefore we can't say that it was kind of shvisa in the ocean. So the Gemara asks, Perhaps those clouds that we had seen on Erev Yontif were blown away by the wind, and these are brand new clouds, and therefore, once again, we're back to our original starting point. So the Gemara answers this, Lusimon Begavayu, these clouds had a very clear simon on them. We knew that these were the clouds that were here before Yontif, therefore, the rain was not kind of shvisa in the ocean. Can you buy Samo? Or we could say, have a suffix de divrayim. It's a suffix de rabbanin, a suffix de divrayim lahakel, and a suffix de rabbanin, we're going to be makel. The Gemara continues asking, why don't we say that the rain was kind of shvisa in the cloud itself? Tishet mina, let's say from here, they ain't chumin l'malamiyod, that there's no iser chumin above ten tvachim. The yesh chumin, because if there was an issue of chum above ten tvachim, likini shvisa ba'avim, so the rain should have been kind of shvisa in the clouds, and it's way more than 2,000 amas from the clouds all the way down to the earth. So the Gemara says, I really could tell you, that there is Tchumen above 10. But Umayya Be'eva Mivla Bli'i, the water inside clouds is absorbed and it's not considered like it's rain yet until it actually comes out of the clouds, therefore it was never kind of Shvisa. The Gemara Memvav Amadalaf on the top asks, so Kalshakane, the Havlu Nailad, so it should be considered Nailad, the Isiri, so it's Asher to touch, forget about there being an Isser Tchum, if it was just created on Yantaf when it fell, so that's an issue of Nailad. So the Gemara answers, you're right, there really is water in clouds. El Umayya Be'eva Mane Naidi, that water that's in the clouds is constantly moving around, so therefore it was never kind of Shvisa. Now the Gemara says, Once we've reached this point, don't ask that it should have been kind of shvisa in the ocean before Shabbos. Why? Because the water in the ocean is constantly moving around and therefore it's never going to be kind of shvisa and that's why this water is not considered like it has a limit of a tchum and when it falls on Yantif, it's allowed to be brought wherever the person who picked it up is allowed to go. And how do we know that water that's constantly flowing is not kind of shvisa? Flowing rivers and spouting streams the water in these areas is like the feet of the person that's going to pick them up, and they are not kind of shvisa anywhere, and they are not limited to a tchum. We're going to stop here for the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day.